white and blue. We like to win in style, we've done it for a while. It's better to aim very high, then our football story will echo with glory. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 6, Episode 35. I'm Jack. Abbas. How's your biscuit? All right? Halfway yeah, no. through it. Professionals <laughs> ever. Um, straight into it. Well, we've got straight actually, in. You know what? We've got a bumper show today. So we've got a couple of really, really good um, initial questions that we're going to answer. We're going to talk about the Chelsea game. Abbas's astronomy feature. We've got a new real or fake feature this week as well. Just a, is this the thing you're talking to me about? This is the thing I've been talking to you about today. We'll preview Palace and we'll preview the Woolwich game. So it's going to be a bit of a bumper show this week. Um, but going straight into it, Simon Mitchell on the Facebook page wrote in, opening question, if you could only have three foreign players at Tottenham from the current team, who would it be? Great question. How, that's, a, that's a brilliant opening question. Thanks so, for that, Simon. So it's like the IPO where they, they're only allowed four um, overseas slash foreign players. Yeah. Um, so I'd go Ericsson, Tobe... Oh. <laughs> no, Ericsson... Who's he? To- to- <laughs> where does he play? <laughs> Ericsson, Toby and um, Hugo. Interesting. I think Hugo's a- easy. Guaranteed. Same with Toby. I went Dembele mm-hmm. over Ericsson. Over you've, I had to leave Vertonghen out of this, and that had really hurt me. Yet. Had to leave him out over Sun. So I mean, over George Kevin and Kudu, and that was difficult to leave him out. And NG. Um, I haven't said him yet. <laughs> He's gone now. Oh, he? It's Fazio gone because can I have Fazio? <laughs> there you go. Be your worst three and Kudu Sissoko. Is there one more? Is there one that never... Maybe Lamella. He never mm. plays, does he? But he's good, though. Lamella's good. Right. I mean... Janssen? No. No. I mean, he's not one of the worst. Is there... An, who's the worst foreign player? Paul Lopez? He ain't played a minute yet, has he? CCV. It's oh, a good shout. American, isn't he? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe Cameron Carter-Vickers, then. Might get in the worst. I mean... Yeah. Great question, though. So, Great my, question. so your three were Hugo, Toby, Ericsson. Yeah. Mine were Hugo, Toby, Dembele. How can you leave Moose Dembele out? Best midfielder in the league. Anyway. How can you leave Ericsson out? Who? No, I love Ericsson. The tough call. The tough call. Um, the question I did put out on social media this morning was what would actually have been a better season? Finishing second or winning the FA Cup? FA Cup hands down no no questions whatsoever on no, that one FA Cup you don't get a trophy for winning for finishing second never have done never will that's do that's a fair point that's a fair point I put this like I said I put this out earlier um, I had loads of responses on Reddit on Facebook on Twitter which was great um, Dan Hearn Holiday Dan Britain in saying as much as winning the cup would be amazing finishing second is a hell of an achievement to finish second to the current Chelsea team and ahead of teams managed by Guardiola Mourinho Wenger and Klopp is something that shouldn't be overlooked what are your thoughts on that? I mean first of all he's not really holiday Dan anymore is he? well we can't what else can we call him? well I mean he's because we went through a phase he was holiday Dan he was Australian Dan then he was unemployed and unemployable Dan but they were all a so we reverted back to holiday, Dan. What about established Dan? He, uh, established, as in that Dan that comes on here. 
is to be referred to as established Dan, and Dan Hearn is to be referred to as holiday Dan. Are we happy with that? I mean, I was thinking about Dan Hearn to be established Dan. Established Dan. What's he established in? He's got a job now. <laughs> <laughs> established Dan. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on his comments? Can you repeat them? Basically, he's saying second's a massive achievement. We shouldn't overlook it. No, it's a great achievement, but if you'd offered me fourth and FA Cup rather than second and nothing, I would have taken fourth and the FA Cup. Yeah, I, I know what you mean, but in this scenario, I'm not even. I'm just offering you the FA Cup, or I'm offering you second. There's no, there's no FA Cup and finish here or second and do this. It's purely one of those two. Um, my answer is the FA Cup. Well, then, well, no. That's difficult because then how where, where's Champions League qualification coming to all this? In this scenario, it does not exist. All right, well, fuck it. Then like, just FA Cup then. Mind your language, please. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Got young listeners, you know. Um, six, six months old. Six months old. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, again, like I said, put this out on Reddit. Quite a few responses. Um, Cloud four one nine seven said second for me. Better for us long term. So ha- I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. So. The way Cloud one four nine four one nine seven four one nine seven is coming from this is um, <laughs> also I love the names on Reddit. Yeah. The names are absolutely amazing. Um, is he, he or she probably thinking finishing second Champions League, keep the players we have, adding adding another one or two for the next season. Um, so yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, um, Spurs fanboy said cup, not even a question. So straight to the point there, he wasn't hanging around. Um, other responses that I had on there, um, Yaniv297, the cup, and that's a very easy question. For me, silverware is better than anything. I'd rather have the cup and finish fifth than finish second without it. I miss winning stuff and honestly think Champions League qualification is a bit overrated here. Oh. What are your thoughts on that? Interesting. Oh, Combat Johnny as well, with probably the funniest response. The cup, what kind of stupid question is that? Sorry. Stupid question, Jack. Yeah, stupid question. Sorry, combat, Johnny. Sort it out. Um, sorry about that one. Um, In fact, I mean, why are you even on the pod? Brilliant. I don't even that knows how to do the buttons now. <laughs> I, can just, I can just record it. We need you back. Um, Windle's great. We still will finish second. Spurs to the top. Which doesn't really make sense. Because if we do finish second, we're not top. Well, no. Yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah, good array of responses as always on there. Um, so we're going to have to talk about it because we can't avoid it. Yeah. It was a difficult weekend. Going to that game on Saturday. So I managed to get a ticket. So I went with my friend Ellie and her family. We had great seats. So we were sat the same side where the dugouts were. I was in row four, and I was basically completely opposite the edge of the penalty area. So I had a brilliant view of when Hugo handballed it. Could see it perfectly. <laughs> um, got, got, well, first of all, the train journey up there was brilliant. So it was full of Spurs fans, it was full of Chelsea fans, lots of banter on the train. Nothing too nasty. Wasn't kicking off at that point, which was great. There were quite a few tanked up people on there. But that's all part of it. Got to Wembley, walked up Wembley Way, colours everywhere. It felt like there were a lot more Spurs fans there than there were Chelsea fans initially. Maybe it's because I was up there a bit earlier, I'm not sure. But anyway, got in the ground, had a beer, had some food. What time did you get in the ground? I got in the ground about quarter past four, so an hour before kickoff. Have a beer, have some food, get the team up on my phone. I'm thinking, 
What system are we playing here? I was a bit confused. Initially, I thought Vertonghen's playing left-back today. We're playing four at the back and Vertonghen's there. But then I looked at what was going on, what people were saying on Twitter. I spoke to a few people in the ground about what they thought it was going to be. And actually, no, it was Sun. Sun was the one that was going to play left wing-back, which was a bold call from Pochettino. Ben Davis was on the bench. I understand he did have a knock, so he wasn't fully fit, which sort of probably made his mind up. Because you're thinking... It would have been hard for him to have leave for, for him to have left Sun out the way he's been playing. Where does he fit in the wing backs? He doesn't really. Oh, Ben Davis is out. Sun can fill in on that side. So he went for it. The Chelsea team before kick off, I would have been fuming if I was a Chelsea fan looking at that with Costa and Hazard on the bench. I couldn't believe it when I saw the Chelsea team and I saw Nathan Ake playing at centre half. I thought, hang on a minute, we've got a real, real chance here. So I was quite optimistic going into it. And then you get three minutes in and Willian it's a free it's kick like he did. the worst possible start, isn't it? It was... I don't want to criticise individuals. I don't like doing that. It was poor from Dyer. He was out of position. It was poor from Toby because really Pedro had overrun the ball. He took him out. And then when the actual free kick was there, I didn't think it was great goalkeeping at all. Having watched it back, it wasn't in the corner. No, And it so was his side. I know it's difficult from that <clears throat> angle, He took right? a step. He took a step, which obviously all his weight was transferred, and it was he left himself too much to do to move going back, back yeah. going back the other way. Even though the step he took was mm. minimal, it's um, an interesting one, Lewis, because I remember a wise man being on the podcast. I think it was at the start of the season and saying Hugo Lloris is not a big game player. I wonder who that was. Do you still stand by <clears> that? <throat> you're up, and you're allowed to answer. I'm just thinking about it. Um, because he didn't have much to do, Hugo, in the game, I didn't think. But what... He, I don't know I don't know who it was. He seemed nervous. Like, he seemed a bit shaky. Even when he had the ball at his feet, I was a bit like, just clear it. Yeah. Uh, which is unlike him. I don't know. Maybe that was just me. And he's been amazing for us. I'm not going to... I'm not no. even going to entertain criticising um, Hugo because he's... So I'm not, I'm not going to go into it then. He's world class. But like you said, worst possible start or a goal down. And at that point, you're thinking... God, here we go. Yeah, and, and that went through it. Every Spurs fan's mind went, here we go again. To be fair, 15 minutes into the game, it settled down. We got it a bit of control. Down. Hugo had, by this stage, handed it outside the area as well. Which was an absolute shocking decision from the linesman. Terrible I don't decision. know if he couldn't see me because he was over the other side, but where I was sat, Clear as day. It, it, I was like, oh my God, that, that's he's out of the box. And what, what's Hugo... What's he doing? What, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I've, we got away with it. We completely we got, got away, away with that one. But then we got a set piece. What a finish from Kane. What's that head out was unbelievable. I mean, the Spurs end, for anybody else who's there, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It erupted. It went, at, it went off. It was unbelievable. We were going absolutely mental. Back in the game at 1-1 and you're thinking, right, we're on it now. Here we go. We're level. This is ours. And then I thought we had good control over the game for probably the next 20 minutes. Dyer I didn't had a half chance when... Um, glancing header, wasn't header. it? But we, we didn't test Courtois. We didn't test him. No. I didn't... Re- I, I felt like both teams had the game under control. As in, we had the ball, we controlled the tempo, but Chelsea controlled where we were with it. Yeah, no, I agree They with didn't, that. And both teams were just sort of... Controlling sort of, it in their own way. Yes, Chelsea were happy and content to sit back and let us have the ball, and we were happy to have the ball, but we didn't really 
we didn't really penetrate as much. Like we didn't, like yeah, we had the ball in around dangerous areas. But if you think about it, what exactly did we create? Yeah, I agree with that. And then really, the second time that they actually come out of their half and went forward, they got the penalty. Which, which was, was ridiculous defending by Sun. But you saw I mean, it coming five seconds before we even <coughs> lunged in. You knew. Yeah, yeah, Don't yeah. go to ground. Don't go to ground. Don't go to ground. And I did say in our group about 20 minutes into, 15 minutes into the game, before we'd equalise, that we really needed to address that left-back situation urgently. Because you could see, it, like, I don't know, I, I read it somewhere in on either on Reddit or on Facebook or whatever. Sun didn't know what to do. Mm. He's probably never played that position it's, in his never, career, was he? Wasn't he never played that position. Like, he didn't know if to go forward or to stay, come back. Like, he was just in the middle of nowhere. Um, and, it, you know, it was a it was a terrible decision to go go down. Um, and for the record, there wasn't much contact, but it was a stone rule penalty. Yeah, I mean, there's a few, I saw a few Spurs fans talking on Twitter saying it was a dive and all this, but nah. to be honest, if you watch Harry Kane and Deli Alley every week, they wait for the contact. The minimal contact, so you go down, you get a yep. foul. Like, look, he's not tripped him up. Moses has gone over the top of the tackle, but it's a penalty. You can't, you can't tackle like that, and you're giving the referee a decision to make as well. So I don't think we can feel hard done by. With no, that. I mean to me it was a, it, it was yeah. a penalty, and like it was a stumble. Because when that ball came out to Moses, and I saw Sun coming across, I I said I actually said out loud, "Don't make the yeah. tackle, don't do it," because I he didn't need to either. We could see what was going on. Like literally, everyone, all eighty five thousand of them of fans would have seen exactly what was going to happen yeah. before it happened. Yeah. Um, there's just no need for it yeah, there's no need it's a shame and then obviously William steps up converts at 2-1 and you're thinking my god we've got to come back again now and at half time at 2-1 it was all about the next goal it was all about that next goal and I was it was all about the next goal chatting to people and saying we all agreed if Chelsea get the next one and we go 3-1 down we ain't come, we're not going to come back from that they're, they're too good at the back to come back from 3-1 down yeah we got level. What a ball. And it was a carbon copy of White Hart Lane. Ericsson, early cross, alley between Louise and Aspilicueta. But what a ball. What a ball. What a finish. What a moment in the game. What we Again, we were going absolutely ballistic. And at that point, I thought, do you know what? This, this could be it. I think everyone in the ground thought that. Genuinely, we... We've got them here. It's 2-2. And we've we come had, back twice as well. And we had so. a 10-minute period after that where we again controlled possession. We, can, we it fell back into the same pattern as we did at 2-1 where we had the ball, we had the possession, we were in and around. We were all over them. We had about 15 minutes. But when you say all over them, I don't remember no chances. a chance. No. But we were all over them. We were getting we were getting the first ball. We were jumping on the second ball. Dembele in that 15 minutes was unreal. He was like... Probably the best he I've was seen. An animal, wasn't like, he? he just tore everyone yeah. apart. I thought what was really interesting was that in the games we played Chelsea before, when our wing backs have got forward, they've gone really tight to them and not let us get the cross in. Whereas at the weekend, they were quite happy when Walker, uh, when Trippier and Walker, when he came on, had the ball. They were happy for them to put the ball in the box. Because in their mind they've got three centre offs, they're gonna win the headers, and they yep. did. Whereas the games at the lane, I remember I was getting in a few times with just quick one-twos past the full-back. But they didn't allow us to do that at Chelsea because they almost said, go on, put the ball in the box. We'll yeah. win the header. And to be fair to them, I, thought they defend, I actually thought they defended pretty well, Chelsea. They we did. didn't really do much. 
they were clinical. They were just they were just clinical. Um, third goal, you can there's errors in. Yeah, in I didn't def- think again. I didn't think it was great defending. It wasn't great defending, and you know, is there any blame on Hugo in, in the goal there? I don't or? think he can really see it. I think he's, when he sees it, it's past him. It's a great finish. It's a good finish because so I I said to my I said to my dad who knows absolutely nothing about football. He's not interested. A bit like yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you're interested. Sorry. <laughs> um, and I said because he was watching the game with me, and I said, I arguably Chelsea's two best players are coming on right now. Yeah. Um, and I said, this is the game. If we can control them, we've got it. I think I mean Costa did nothing. I actually Co- thought Batshu in the first half was playing well for them. He did very well. He held also, the ball up. He his le- legs like tree trunks. Should have signed him. I mean, I don't know if you've, I couldn't. I couldn't believe the size of his legs. Ridiculous. Should have signed him. Do you think we missed a trick there with him? Mate, well, let's let's rewind like a year back and talk about the Euros. And what did I say every single time Belgium played? We should sign. Yeah, no, you did. Batshu. To be fair, we did. To be fair. Um, Mark Walsh, friend of the show, has written can we, can about we, the Chelsea I mean, game. Sorry, yes, it's a quick one. I know we don't want to talk about it, but can we just appreciate Matic's go? It was. I can't appreciate it. It was, a good, it was a fantastic finish. It was a screamer, but I'll never be. I'll never watch. I'll never see that goal again. I saw it once live, and that was enough. I don't ever need was, to see it again. I'm, yeah, I mean, I, it pains me. You're never coming back from four two. Unfortunately, you're never coming back from four two. We just with five minutes to go. Yeah, and we just that was it. Game over. Yeah. We had no like. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say Mark Walsh, who's actually written a brilliant article on the website. So for anybody that's not seen that, go to the Echoes of Glory website. Fantastic. It's about his uh, uh, attendance at the Bournemouth game. Um, brilliant though insight into like what it's like to go to White Hart Lane. Nice, lovely. I don't want to spoil it too much, but definitely if you get a chance to read it, go on and read it. It's a fantastic article. Um, he said, We limited Chelsea to very little. Three goals coming from our mistakes. Loris Sun and collective defending from the corner. Yep. That being said, how much of a legend is Jermaine Genus? I saw that. I mean, to be fair, I didn't watch much of the post-match because I was quite distraught. Um, I saw a clip of JJ sticking up for us. Um, him and Alan Shearer for anyone that's not seen it going toe to toe with Genus saying Spurs were the better team they deserve to win which I don't really agree with but I just like that he was there fighting our corner yeah I mean it was a game where whoever lost it would have been us quite harsh on them really because no one team dominated over the other yeah we had possession yeah we had ball but what did we do with it apart from the two chances we created and a half Dyer chance. I don't remember us testing quarter. What did we do? Oh, yeah, Dyer had a shot. I mean, sorry, Ericsson had a shot from about twenty yards, which Quarter could have yeah. like caught with his, like little thumb. His little thumb, <laughs> yeah. not his big thumb. <laughs> I see his. Thumb. He wouldn't. He wouldn't have been able to catch with his big thumb. Actually, you're right. You're right. I see. I see his thumbs are small. <laughs> That's so like, weird. But oh, do you dear. know what I mean? Like we yeah. didn't create any chances. For me, the three games we've played against Chelsea this season have all been the same. They've all been two really, really good teams, neck and neck, cancelling each other out, going toe to toe. And it's taken a couple of worldies. So it took one from Pedro, um, and one from Matic to effectively end it. And you could also say the game we beat them, two brilliant goals. 
Yeah. Again, just real, real bits of un- really undefendable quality that you can't really do. Like, Chelsea could have done nothing really to stop that Ali goal, really. Ericsson's got it. He's put it right on the plate for Ali. Like, what can you do? And the same with Matic's goal. Even Hazard's goal to a certain extent. I know it's not great defending, but when he gets the ball and he smashes it in, there's not much. No one, no one went to close him down, which, no. which disappointed me. It was a bit unlike us, the way we defended. I don't know if it was the account, or whether or not we would, it was just one of them. It just fell to him the right place at the right time and he tucked it away. But it was a tough loss. It was a tough loss. It was loss. a real, real tough one. And I was saying on the train coming home, I didn't know whether or not it was better or worse. Because we played well, it probably it hurt, but I don't think it hurt me as much as like when we haven't turned up. Yeah, so... Again, what I said in the WhatsApp group was um, I just wanted us to go out there, express ourselves, play, play to the best we could. Like, there's no harm. Like, all, like you've got to remember, it's no, there's no harm in losing to the better team. Like, sometimes you've got to put your hands up yeah. and say, we've lost to the better team, but we gave it our all. Which I think we can say. Which we I can think say. we I can mean, say that. What, what can we say that we didn't do... Well, it's not like we didn't, we didn't. It's not like we didn't. Like we, you know, like it wasn't the Portsmouth like a, game. It wasn't a like few a, years ago. It wasn't like yeah. It wasn't like Leverkusen at Wembley. Yeah. It wasn't like even the Ghent game when we drew two all. We turned up and we were winning. It was just one of them. We were winning with ten men. Yeah. You know, like it's the performances that Wembley have improved over the last two or three games. We beat, I think, so we've won one, drawn one, lost one, lost three. Uh, beat CSK in Moscow 3-1 drew with Ghent and obviously lost this 4-2 um, but they're, they're, the performances have improved so it looks like we are sort of getting to grips with Wembley as well I think so I, and I think a lot of the Wembley hoodoos nonsense if I'm uh, honest yeah, of course. I really do um, I, I don't see it being a problem next season I don't think we're going to be as strong at home as we were at White Hart Lane this year but then even if we were at White Hart Lane next year I don't think we'd be as strong as home as we are this year we've been phenomenal at home um, yeah. it's just one of, the, it's one of them we've got to get used to playing in big stadiums that, which I mean that's going to be our permanent home it's going to be a huge stadium so we've got we've got to completely look past it in my opinion Um Disappointing day. We'll be back. Yeah. So I mean, we live on. We're at the point now where it's a bad loss, but we have to completely put that behind us now. And we go to a team who are in great form. Crystal Palace. So they beat Liverpool at the weekend. Fantastic result. Great result for them. But maybe actually that's good for us because they maybe can go into it being like we got a win. And they'll be knackered and all. Secondly, they're pretty much safe now. And to gear yourself up for two massive games back to back is not easy. Like that game against Liverpool, they did a lot of defending. Yeah. And like they would have been absolutely out on their feet at full time. We've got an extra day's preparation as well because we played the Saturday, whereas they played the Sunday. Yeah. Um, what if you're confident going into that? I mean, I, I expect us to go there and win. I mean, it's difficult. Like Palace are informed. They're not. They're not. Let's be honest. They're not the greatest team but they've got good individuals they've got match winners got match winners they've got Benteke who whether you like or not is a match winner Kabai has still got it Zaha yeah they've got some good players but I'd like to think we can control Zaha I think if you stop Zaha you stop Benteke because that's where the delivery comes from Townsend Townsend's a good form yeah Um, we'll see actually one other thing the tribute to Ugo Ekiog 
Yes. As well, which... Lovely. It was a brilliant tribute for him. Extremely, extremely sad story. Um, it's come out as well in the press the last couple of days that the, the first team were on were training actually when it happened as well, not on the same pitch, but everyone was at the training ground together when it happened. A lot of them were actually extremely close to him. Pochettino did a press conference saying that he personally was very, very close to him. They'd formed quite a strong friendship. So amazing for the players to actually, when you think about it, perform to the levels they performed at in that game at Wembley, given all what's gone on. Obviously, the impact that it's had on the even younger players, like the likes of Josh Onoma and yeah. those guys who are actually really been mentored by him in the last year. It's extremely sad, but it was a great tribute from the organisers at Wembley to have that minute's applause. To be fair, the Chelsea fans were good with it. I know we slapped them off quite a lot, but there wasn't any foul chanting or anything like that about it. It was a, it was a good, it was a good minute's applause and a well-deserved one for the man. So it's extremely sad. Obviously, I put on, we put out on Twitter that our thoughts with his friends and family at the moment. Um, very sad, but I just thought we should, we should give him a mention before we fully go on to that Palace game. Um, so going back to Palace, what, you, what, what's your prediction? We should, we should have a couple of goals in that, shouldn't we? I think there'll be goals. Um, it's going to be tight like how it was last year where... First goal. First goal is important. They got the first goal last year. and Oh, that was a Deli Alley game, wasn't it, last year? for a long time in that game, it didn't look like we were going to score because we were terrible. For the first about 60 minutes, yeah. we were shocking. Um, but we Harry through. Kane popped up with a great header, didn't he, at the back post for 1-1. yeah. Delhi for two and then Chadley with a Oh Chadley got a screamer in that game goal. and no one ever talks about it apart from us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm com- yeah, I'm very confident going into that. Hopefully pull out a result like I'm, we did last year. I'm going two one, but I reckon I reckon we'll score first and they'll they'll get a goal. Come back level. Interesting. I'm I've, i reckon clean sheet, two nil. But okay. I could see it being goalless for the first hour and then us just getting a couple and that being the game. Speaking it's a big test. It is a big... And it's mental resilience. Last year... So I don't want to say we didn't have it, but we, but we did didn't. fall apart a little bit. Can we bounce back? Yeah, I mean, and... I think it's something that Don was saying in the WhatsApp group, where now, if we'd won the game against Chelsea, we'd all of a sudden had to win another six games and win the FA Cup final to do the double, and it's like winning 15 games in a row. But now we've had our loss, we can sort of break up run so to speak start again start again and focus on the next six games and focus on winning every single one of those last six games and if you win those six games you leave yourself with a chance of potentially winning the league yeah yeah no no you're right you're right that's right start, starts with a win at Palace 2-0 George Kevin and Kudu brace no problem absolutely done um, we mentioned Deli Alley last year being the Palace screamer PFA Young Player of the Year Great Two fan. years in a run now. Yeah. Did he deserve it? Uh, yeah. I mean, what kind of question is that? Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You never know. Some people have ridiculous opinions. Um, there was a nice stat, actually. Um, five out of six. Which was sent, yes. Again, Simon Mitchell sent this in. So Spurs have won PFA Young Player of the Year for five out of the last six years. Man United, in their heyday of producing great young talent, were unable to achieve that feat. So, excellent. Again, um, Kante getting Player of the Year as well, which... I think's probably deserved. Um, it was, I thought it was weird though that Ali was up for young player but not player. I don't quite. Well, it's. I mean, we spoke about it last week, isn't it? Wasn't it the fact that the votes yeah. were casted sometime early in February and whatnot? I don't know, but fantastic achievement, Delhi Ali. Well done. That's 
you know what I mean? It's brilliant. Two years in a row is, and you hope he kicks on again. Can he do it again next season? That imagine three in a row. That would be unbelievable, wouldn't it? How old? How old do you need to be? To does it? Is the cut off twenty four? Is it? Oh, no idea. I think it's twenty four. The cut off. So yeah, so he's still got quite a few years left in him. What is he twenty now? Twenty one. So he really, the next couple of years, he'll still be classed as a young player, which is unbelievable. It's now time for what is actually becoming one of the biggest parts of the show. And a lot of people tune in minute 29 just for this. <laughs> and that we, is we don't actually always do it on minute 29. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined it. That is the Abbas Astronomy feature of the week. Now, before we actually go into this, there was an absolutely incredible comment that so, came in so on our Reddit page. Be- before, before we jump into this Reddit question, or comment there was a question from Ryan Heyman friend of the show friend of the show who's actually over for the weekend so we should see him at the weekend for the Arsenal for the Arsenal game, game. Are, you, are you going to that yeah yeah he's around so we'll let's try we and raise see, we should see let's try and the with him see if we can free drinks before the game or after the game or whatever yeah um, so his question um what is the furthest celestial body slash system that can be seen with the naked eye? So I've been doing my research on this. Oh yeah, because you, you're not going to know the answer to that, are you? And well, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so apparently, it's the Andromeda Galaxy, which is two point two five million light years away. That's and that's quite far. That's well, it's not down the road. <laughs> <laughs> Seven sisters. <laughs> So, yeah, that, uh, that is one of the furthest, apparently. Excellent. Great question, Ryan, as Great always. Question. Ryan, any more? F- throw in my way. Well, you know what? Whilst you're on questions about astronomy, so Sean Malley, again, friend of the show, been over before from the States. Abbas, what's your favourite celestial object? His would be, and apologies for the way I pronounce this, Betelgeuse? Like that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, my accent's coming through there. Which would be the brightest star in the sky if we could see the full electromagnetic spectrum? Interesting. Don't have one. They're, I, I, they're all like my children. Like I'm you couldn't pick a favourite. <laughs> <laughs> can't pick a favourite. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> but the, the best thing that we've had come through today, and everybody's contributions have been brilliant, but this is on another level. 13 Wings on Reddit. And this is what he said. Gentlemen, I've been a listener to the pod for a while now, and I've always found it to be... Sorry, pronunciation again. A vertebral mine of information? I don't know. Largely Spurs related, but also in a wider sense. Many has been the time that I've tuned in, hoping to find the spark of advice or inspiration to carry me forward. You have never let me down. Recently, however, I've found myself downloading the pod with one particular feature in mind. One aspect which, even amongst the treasure trove of knowledge that is Echoes of Glory, stands out as something as a holy grail. I'm referring, of course, to Abbas's astronomy fact. Trademarked? Um, you want to copyright that? Yes, in the last few weeks, I've found my horizons being broadened, not just globally, but on a truly galactic level. So inspired have I been by this newfound something of Cor- universal truth. Cornucopia? Is that how you say it? I believe I so. Mean, I'm learning a lot just by reading this. That I sat my six-month-old son down to listen to the pop with me. No, of course he can't understand any of it. That would be ridiculous. But I hope that even being in the same room as the Fountain of Enlightenment might enable some of it, in some small way, to filter into his awareness. 
Brian Cox eat your heart out of thought and boy's going to be a space genius before he's out of nappies. Imagine then my disappointment. There we were, ears pressed to the speaker, waiting to lap up some more delicious brain honey. Great, great phrase, by the way. When it happened. <laughs> Mid-glorious knowledge dump, Avas referred to light years as being a unit of time rather than of distance. Now, I won't bore you with the details of how a light year is the distance light travels in one year, or more specifically, 5.897 times 10 to the power of 12 miles. I'm sure you know that. What I found so troubling is that I knew that, and I knew absolutely next to nothing about space, (laughs) to hear somebody that I considered to be the authority on relativity make such an elementary mistake was, to put it mildly, heartbreaking. My little boy was in tears, I was in tears. The day was ruined. He has since stopped crying, I haven't. Gentlemen, I'll be tuning into the next pod, of course. I can only hope that you won't do this to me again. Please, I can't take it. None of us can take it. Ben. I P- mean... P.S. P.S. If Abbas is still having trouble with his telescope, then if this slip-up was anything to go by, I would suggest there's a chance he may be looking in the wrong end. <laughs> <laughs> Ben, that is one of my favourite things that I've had to read out. It, I mean, have you, what have you got to say? So basically, everything that you've been telling us has been wrong well, so far. Been wrong. Just a uh, slip of the tongue. Misinterpreted. Misinterpreted. Um, ben, I can only apologise. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm new to this. New to this I mean, shindig. You didn't even have to tell us that. <laughs> new to this shindig. Um, I'll take on board your... Uh, Constructive feedback. Great feedback. Um, about light years being um, how just trying to read it again yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> there are, there's some long words in there okay so um, so yeah so uh, how light years are distance light travels in one year or more specifically 5.897 times 1012 miles um, that's obviously um, that's my bad <laughs> that's my bad and that concludes the Abbas astronomy feature of the week it, Brilliant, but it doesn't. Does it not? I've got I'm I've got something prepared. Oh, go on then. So I do my research, reading up as I do. So, how small are we in the scale of the universe? You're smaller than me. I know that. I mean, I'm tiny. So yeah, uh, fine. Sorry. <laughs> so, just a bit of background. In 1995, scientists pointed a Hubble telescope into the area near the Big Dipper where it was apparently empty in 10 days the Hubble telescope took 150 hours of exposure where it found over 1,500 distinct galaxies so for scale if you took a standard ballpoint pen and held it at arm's length in front of you in the night sky and you focus on the very tip that's what the Hubble telescope captured in its first deep field image which was one two millionth of the night sky. So in that one two millionth of the night sky, you've got over 1,500 distinct galaxies. For, for perspective, the average human, not me, is 1.7 meters. Earth's diameter is 12,700 kilometers, which is nearly seven and a half million humans. So uh, an Apollo 8 flew 380,000 kilometers to the moon. The Sun has a diameter of 1.4 million kilometers. The Milky Way has between 100 to 400 billion stars. 
and each galaxy that was captured in the image contained a minimum of a billion stars at the very least. So they did this again ten years later and oh found. Oh God, not again! <laughs> it's a it's an ongoing thing. Can you summarise the second part? <laughs> Sorry, I can just hear ding, 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 yeah. ding. It's all the listeners dropping off. So they did this again ten years later and found ten thousand galaxies. So some of these galaxies are so distinct that they are only one ten billionth the brightness that the human eye can perceive. So this means that the deep field images taken by the telescope are like time machines to the ancient universe. They reach so far into time that we can observe galaxies which existed over 13 billion years ago, meaning we are looking at the universe as it was less than a billion years after the Big Bang. Brilliant. I feel like maybe next week it needs to be a little bit shorter. <laughs> it's, been the you fir- it's been the first week, wasn't it, when I was like, oh yeah, when I just gave a little fact and walked off. I don't know, I quite like just, you come in, drop a fact, see you later. Now, 619. I mean, <laughs> now, I to, now I prepare stuff, it's escalating, isn't it? Yeah, it has. Um, that's the Abbas astronomy feature. You got any astronomy-related questions or non-astronomy related questions for Abbas, get in touch. How's Junior? Huh? Junior? Junior Salanga. Um, we've got a question from him coming up in a bit, actually. Uh, Thanks for reminding me, I haven't forgotten at all to read out his question. But we've got a new feature this week, and that is the real or fake feature. So what I'm going to do, Abbas, um, he hasn't prepared for this. He's got no idea what's coming. I've got 10 names. Put your phone away. You can't cheat. I've got 10 names of footballers for you. Five of them are real. Five of them are fake. Okay? So I'm going to read them out in a random order. Do you, do you, how much time do you have? Huh? How much time do you have? Sorry for preparing. <laughs> um, so I'm going to read these names out, and you're going to tell me if it's real or if it's fake. So you've got yeah. five for each. But we'll do them all, and then at the end I'll summarise what you've picked, and you can change your mind if you want, okay? So, a few of these are a little bit rude, so if there's any listeners that don't enjoy this kind of stuff, cover your ears. Or just lump it. (laughs) (laughs) So here we go. (laughs) Plan number one. Rod Fanny. Real. You're going real? It's gone real. Plan number two. Andre Muff. You going real or you going fake? I'm going fake. You going fake? Going fake. He's gone fake there. Roberto Coccarini. <laughs> real or fake? Oh, he, I mean, he's, he sounds like he might be Brazilian, but he might be Italian. Um, or one of those Brazilian Italians. <laughs> Dual heritage. <laughs> I'm going fake. And fake, Roberto Coccarini's gone fake. Dick Long. Real. No hesitation on that real. one. Certain on that one. Has to be has to be a real name, Dick Long. Okay. I feel like the parents did it for Bants. <laughs> Good parents. Ollie Nipple. Fake. Sure. Okay, it's gone fake. It's gone fake, no problem. Ralph Minge. <laughs> I mean, what did you even Google for this? Uh, um, you don't want to know. Real or fake? Going real. <coughs> okay. Ralph Minge, real player, okay. Wayne Wanklin. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
I'm real going, or fake? I'm going real. You sure? Okay. Going, going Ranklin. Going real. Going real. Ranklin on the ball. <laughs> Igor Jackinoff. <laughs> <laughs> See, that sounds real too. Um. <laughs> real or fake? Sounds like you might play for like an Austrian team down in the third division. Um, I'm going fake. <laughs> sure? Yeah. Okay. Igor Jackinoff. Fake. Waldo Ponce. Real. Again, no hesitation. Straight in. I'm going real, real yeah. Okay. And then the last one. Alexis Suckintov. <laughs> I'm going fake. That's your fake. <laughs> Five all. Okay, okay. So to, to summarise on this, you can and you can change your mind if you want. So you've gone Rod Fanny. Real. Ralph Minge. You said it was real. Andre Muff, you said it was fake. Waldo Ponce, real. Wayne Wanklin, <laughs> real. Roberto Coccarini, fake. Alexis Suckintov, fake. Dick Long, real. Ollie Nipple, fake. And Igor Jackinov, fake. The correct real answers were Rod Fanny, which you got correct. Ralph Minge, which you got correct. Andre Muff, which you said was fake. Oh. That one was wrong. Who'd you play for? Grasshopper. The well-known, well-known team. Waldo Ponce, he was real. He played for Wigan. Wayne Wanklin, he was real. Oh, he played for Reading. Got four. <laughs> <laughs> got four out of five. So you got four. The one that you got wrong was, um, you said... Yeah, Andre Muff was fake, actually. So I got 8 out of 10. He was real, you did. You did. The one that was fake that you said was real was uh, Dick Long. Damn it. Damn it. But there we go. Real fa- Enjoy that? That's great Real fun. fake what, feature. What we do, what we do next so week? we're going to do that next week. So I'm going to have themes for it each week. This this week was just sort of funny names. And in a, like just reproductive organs. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but yes, there's some good fake names in there, though. What one was you most convinced of? So we had Roberto Coccarini. I go Jackinoff. Sounded like played for Austria. Or like he'd be like a Russian left back. Oh uh, yeah. Couldn't he? But there we go. So that's the real fake feature. So that's going to be a recurring thing. So if you've got any ideas for themes that you want us to do, let me know and I'll come up with five fake answers. Good fun, then that one. Great yeah, fun. Enjoy that one. Love that. Good. You're welcome. Um, got eight out of ten as well. Yeah, it was more, good even more proud. It's a good effort from you actually. Um, one more thing to talk about, and it's just a, a small thing. It's North London Derby at the weekend. Yeah, tiny. Do you, should we even bother talking about that? Remember, whatever happened, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts going? Because they're in the cut final. They're yeah. rejuvenated. They're, yeah. Do you know what I mean? They've got belief now going into these games. They've switched to three at the back. What do, we, what do you think? What, what, what are your thoughts going? It's not going to be as straightforward game? as it's... it's it looked like three weeks ago. And it's a derby, right? Anything can happen it's in a derby. derby. Um, they've won a few on the bounce. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to be up for it because it's the last game at White Hart Lane. Yeah. Um, and I, I believe that's on the day where we need to decide whether we're going to be at, the, uh, whether we're going to go to Wembley next season or not. Um, it's a big game. It's never, but you always look at, Derby Day and it's just 
Oh, it's going to be ridiculous. It's just going to be... It's going to be a huge game. Not not only in terms of what it means for the fans, it's the North London derby. Do you know what I mean? It's the biggest game of the season because we're playing, we're playing a lot from up the road. The scum of North London, they're coming to town. They're coming to our turf. We've got to let them know, no, North London is ours now. And you know how the rest of the song goes. And the thing is, the crowd is going to be electric. The crowd is going to be up for yeah. it. It's going to be... It's going to be... Unreal. It's going to be like... I cannot... This is my It's my favourite game of the season. Arsenal at home. Nothing even comes close where, where to are it. You, where are you sitting? Sitting ticket seat. North Lower. Block 22. So it is going to be fantastic. I honestly cannot wait for it. I'm confident going into it. I think we'll beat them. I think... Because there's talk Danny Rose is going to be back. If which Danny Rose be is massive. back, that would be huge. That, but even if he's not, I think if they're playing wing backs and we play wing backs, we're better at that system than they are. If if they try and match us we, up, we, we will beat we, them. We need to keep Sanchez quiet, which we do normally, don't we? He hasn't. Well, he hasn't done. He scored last year at the lane. He scored last year when again talk about Hugo not being a game, big game player because it looked like it was his mistake. But um, yeah, got to keep him quiet got to keep Sanchez quiet yeah what's your prediction for it oh um, it's never easy it's never a dull game Arsenal will definitely score they, it seems like they get the first goal quite quite a lot at the lane there was a stat and I think it's the last six North London derbies the team that have scored first hasn't won let's hope they score first then <laughs> come on Arsenal <laughs> you get to that first goal <laughs> so fingers crossed for that game I'm nervous, I'm excited. I'm not even really thinking about it yet because No, but you can't that's the thing, you can't you can't think about it because we've got Crystal Palace. And, and at the moment Crystal Palace is a bigger game than Arsenal because it's the next game. And the next game's they're in better form. And they've beaten Arsenal and they've beaten Liverpool and they've beaten Chelsea and they're in great form. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Prediction? Uh I I'm gonna go one all. Oh, I can see. I can see Arsenal not. I can see Arsenal not being overly adventurous in in the sense that they'd want to just. They'd be happy with a point. I because I, yeah, I reckon they'd be happy with a point. Would you take a draw if I offered you one one now? Would you take that? Uh, No. You wouldn't. No. Interesting. Okay. The only other thing that I want to talk about is the Spurs ladies. Yes. So last week um, they played at White Hart Lane for the first time this season against West Ham in a massive game. Not only is that obviously a big London derby, but Spurs knew going into that game, we win that match, they take the title, they win the league. Um, so I went down to it, got my ticket in advance, went down there, they opened the West West Lower for it. There was just over 2,000 people there, so it was a great good, turnout, good which is the attendance was higher than the average for like the, the very, very top division. So there was a lot of people there cheering Spurs on, which was great. Um, it was quite a tight game. First sort of 25 minutes, nothing really happened. And then she's one of our own. Josie Green picks the ball up just inside the opposition half, drives through the centre of midfield, hits a ferocious shot. Keeper gets a hand on it. It's not enough. The ball goes in the corner. So, so you come on Echoes of Glory and do an interview. You can score a winner at White Hart Lane. Amazing. There you go. 
Um, Are we going to get her on anytime soon? I'm hoping to speak to her again before the end of the season. Cool. Um, so that'll be great. So she can talk you through the goal in a lot more detail. But it was an absolute screamer. Um, it was fantastic. And then as soon as that goal went in, the girls just absolutely what, dominated what was them. The final score 4 0. 4 0. So standard, really. West Ham comes to town, they get buried. It's just, just the way it goes. But brilliant for the girls. So that win means they won the league. They're playing, so that's the Southern League, which they've won. They're playing Blackburn, who won the Northern League, in a one off playoff. And the winner of that gets promoted. So that's going to be a huge game. I think that's the 28th of May. I think they were saying that's going to be. So that's going to be huge for them. So if you're about that day, I don't know where it's going to be. I don't think they've confirmed a venue. Come down and support them because that is that's a huge game for them. Have you been have you been down to any of their games yet? Uh, no, not yet. No. Not yet. Cool. No worries. <laughs> it was. Was it on a Wednesday? It was on the Wednesday. Yeah, I was, I was, I was what, out that day. Yeah. Was you washing yeah. your hair? Or? No, I was, uh, I was busy at work actually. Um, staying back, doing work. Was you? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned Junior earlier. Yes. So he has actually written in and said, Abbas, what would you want to be written on your tombstone? Oh, Good question. Great question. Junior. Um, um, he was meant to be coming on this week, but we've had to push it back, so that's a shame. Unfortunate. Yeah. Is he right? Yeah, no, he's good. Good. He's over in London for work at the minute. Oh, he's he's in a London consultant, for isn't he? Consultant so. for what? So yeah. Um, <laughs> what would you What would you want to be written on your tombstone, Junior um, Slanger? Uh, loved by many. <laughs> Surely it would be. Six one nine. Don't worry. Whatever's written on Abbas's tombstone, remember, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. His knees have gone all trembly And a Tim requires assembly Danny Montlower Local boy Ledley King Greaves he's scoring everything Glenn Hoddle, Chrissy Waddle Lee Young-Pyo Casey Keller, USA Woodgate is not fit to play Tramatini, Cudicini Freddie Canute Gary Mavitt in Chilin Sergi Redwell for the win Run for me, Nick on me For three stout Terry Heroes in white and blue We've all loved you since 1882 Even when I'm feeling grey Despite the tears and pain I go to White Hart Lane Lineker playing fair Modric here, there, everywhere Pat Jennings, luscious hair Super Vertonghen Avliachenko number nine Nine from the halfway line Villa's running 81 Under Twin Towers Daniel Levy's transfer steals Harry Redknapp steals on wheels The legend Steve Perryman, MBE Hugo Loris clean sheet Ball and Stefan Dalmatti I'm playing at White Hart Lane, Nicola Bertie Heroes in white and blue This one's for Billy Nick, his football did the trick He showed the world what Spurs could do The League and Cup we won in 1961 
Aaron Lennon's lime green shoes. Gareth Bailey used to lose. Alan Hutton wheel knew his passport said Spain. Berbatov turn and strop. Hogsy saving from the spot. Beat Chelsea at Wembley. We lifted the league cup. Maradona is a spur. We're the football connoisseurs. Chaz and Dave Scott me raised. Chirpy the cockerel. Mendes shoots from halfway. Carol fumbling the same. Clattenburg doesn't give the goal. Abizela's work of art. Tricky Rafa van der Vaart. He's got no head, we don't care. Martin Martin Yo. Lily White's from White Hart Lane. Red so Ziegler sounded just like Ziegler. Getting to the grounds of pain. Getting nasty blisters down the Seven Sisters Teddy into equalise Ginger Pele in disguise People speak of the technique that Jason Dozel act Jamie Redknapp on TV We love Alan Mullery Raziak don't come back And Asimovic Crenshaw substitution Tom Hardister's distribution Jermaine Defoe, he's Cisco He's linguistic skills Scott Parker could not try harder Danny Rose is 30 yarder Darren Bent's headed wide Sandra could have scored that Heroes in blue and white We sold Zakora and we dropped Zamora Spurs make my dark days bright But it makes me sad Postigo was so bad Robbie Keane in the box Edgar David, Dreadlocks, Palacios, Stripey Socks, Everson Hattrick, Dave Mackay picking fights, European Glory Knights, Terry Dyson go on my son, Cliff Jones on the wing. Dean Richards, John White, Legendary Lily White, Al Dere, Esfriket, Two Dere is to do. Clive Allen, Paul Allen, Joe Allen, Les Allen, Rory Allen, Russell Allen, Allen Gilsey. Lily from White on Lane. Kazuyuki Soda, Bentley's free kick over. We treat Judas with disdain. His transfer was a farce, so shove him up your ass. Liam Walker's page to go. Gus Poyet, free kick curl. Gomez made super saves, he can shag my wife. Edrington loved the cookies Andy Reid loved the cookies Star Wars music and some Wookiees right before the game Heroes in blue and white When I feel depressed in Coginola undressed Point won't give up the fight Wolfhawks never quits, you can be sure of it Robinson's long shot AVB's deep squat David Howe's on the prowl in the FA Cup Andy Sinton's England call Michael Brown starts a brawl Peter Crouch, eight foot tall Jürgen Klinsmann's dive Arsene Wenger's dodgy vision Howard Webb's bad decisions Raman Vega playing Sega Sandro's kung fu kick Eric Torsten looking swell Espen Barson Leonard and Smith and Shivers bound to score Give me more and more and more Heroes in white and blue We like to win style We've done it for a while It's better to rain playing high Then our football story will echo with glory Lily White's from White Hart Lane If the budget allows The anchor will be ours Thanks Dave Hanson 44 if he were here, we'd buy the boy a beer Heroes in white and blue This one's for Billy Nick, it's the ball did the trick He showed the world what's for to do The Leading Cup we won in 1961 Heroes in white and blue 
all loved you since 1882 Even when I'm feeling grey Despite the tears and pain I go to White Hot Lane Heroes in white and blue We like to win in style We've done it for a while It's better to aim very high Than our football story with